Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us. And today we have someone who kickstarted this podcast, a wonderful family, uh, friend of the family, and um, an entrepreneur, a superstar, who um, she's a um, can do she has the can do personality and does it and she's a mindfulness coach a mental health advocate miss california semi-final finalist and host of the getting mental podcast amongst other amazing talents and i have to say it again the first guest of white label american podcast so welcome to the podcast brenda sarai zuniga that introduction everywhere i go all right Every place. Uh, as, as, as far as as far as i'm getting paid in euros uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making it happen <laughs> <laughs> how you doing today brenda oh i'm doing so good it's so good to see you hey always always good to see you and to hear from you Hey, uh, before we, we uh, officially begin, um, how, how's it over there with the fires and, you know, the weather? I mean, it's uh, it's okay. I think a lot more of it is affected up north, like okay. Mount Shasta, Reno, Napa area. Not so much here. Um, I'm looking at the skies right now. They look okay. But, yeah, I mean, I feel bad. It's... Yeah, uh, really the, the quality of your air does it is it affected? I mean, yes, I say yes because quality in LA already sucked anyways. Okay. So adding fires and all the other debris, it can it's definitely impacting it more. Um, but yeah, I hope it gets better. I hope so too. Yep, I had to check on that first before we we dived in. So. Last time we spoke, the world was a whole different um, from what it is today. But one thing that we must, um, that has, that always stays the same is um, our mental health. No matter what's happening in the world, we have to take care of it. And that's why we have people like you who are always advocates and um, <laughs> are very important in the immigrant community because no matter what, you always speak out and you put yourself out there and encourage people to um, look after, to, 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 to be in the forefront and say, hey, you know, it's okay, no matter what. You know. um, we have. Yeah. So how has it been since the pandemic and how have you taken care of your mental um, state? Um, it's been a wild ride for sure. Uh, for me, I, I consider myself one of the few people that was able to kind of use it. Uh, let, let me backtrack. 
at the end of February, I was telling all of my friends, hey, I'm about to go into hermit mode because I'm expanding my mindfulness coaching business and I'm going to go full throttle on that. So I'm probably not going to see you guys for like a couple months because I really am going to be working like 24-7 behind my computer and building and, and stuff. And so then the pandemic hit and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a sign from the universe. So like, mm -hmm. you know, to just keep going into hermit mode. So for me, I used it as a as a way as a motivator, but because I'm a raging extrovert and I love being around people, I love people, I love talking to people. It was it was hard for me at first to not even be able to go out to the grocery store because I get my energy from being around people, and so there was a time in the first like, couple months of the pandemic where I fell into, I call it my one week depression because I had been working so hard every day as a way to like kind of cope with it too. And I decided to take two days off. And so I thought, you know what? No, I need to self care. I'm just going to eat some and just take two days off. Well, those two days off turned into three days, turned into four days of, still in my pajamas, turned into five days. Now I haven't even showered in five days, turned into every dish in the kitchen dirty, not washing anything. And just this depression hit where I had no joy. Mm -hmm. My anxiety was through the roof. I didn't know what, what to do. I didn't even know where to start, where to begin. Um, and I didn't even know it was that bad until I was FaceTiming with my sister which I FaceTimed with her once a week. And I remember it was our weekly FaceTime and I told her, oh my God, look how crazy my hair looks. And I did some like weird hair thing. Like I flipped it to the side and she goes, yeah, when's the last time you showered? And I genuinely could not answer that question. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. And I, and, I, and I was thinking and my sister starts teasing me and she goes, play, you don't, you can't even remember, please tell me it was at most three days ago. She goes, please. And I looked at her and I just went, Gabs, I'm sorry. Like, I no, it was longer than three weeks. I mean, three days ago. It, it, I don't, I don't remember. And she's like, oh my gosh, when's the last time you changed out of your pajamas? And I just went, I don't know. Oh my God. And it was my sister who was thir who's 13 giving me that mirror back of yeah. hey you know this is this is what i'm seeing i don't know if you are but this is what i'm seeing and so when she said that i immediately after we hung up i immediately took a shower and it wasn't easy it was hot like taking that like my arms felt so heavy i was like oh i don't want to wash my hair i go into my kitchen and i was like oh my god every dish is dirty this how did i let this happen but I remembered to be so kind to myself in that moment. And I called a crisis hotline. And I, cause my therapist was, um, I remember I called a crisis hotline and I said, hey, I did not realize that I just went, that I'm going through a, a depression right now. Um, you know, and I, I need, need someone to talk to about this. And so they helped and, and they were, telling me like baby steps, you know, like, okay, great. You showered. That's great. Now, you know, try and do your dishes and then baby steps, you know, um, tomorrow 
do something more around the house, you know, get, get a little active, go outside, go in and get some sun. And so they helped me. And once I got that groove, I was able to get myself back. But even me being a mental health activist, someone who's worked on her mental health since she was a teenager, you know, and, and who has her own mindfulness coaching company, I'm still human in this pandemic still affected me, you know, in the way where I fell into a week long depression, didn't even realize, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that it's so important without my sister mirroring that back to me. I don't know how long that would have, that would have happened. You know, well, that that's good that you, you, you mentioned that and you bring that up because, um, sometimes we tend to, you know, forget that, we are human and you know we can easily fall into that trap of everything is all right we've done we've beaten it and we can relapse without realizing that we have have relapsed or we have fallen into the 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 trap of you know we we are relapsing because it is it's it's not like it just happens in one um moment it's a gradual thing so sometimes mm-hmm. you catch it at the beginning or you see the signs and we, we all tend to be in denial. So like right. myself, yeah, I'm, for the most part, you know, when people ask me about um, my state during the, the pandemic, I, I was like, yeah, it's fine. I was able to adjust and all that. But every now and then I started seeing some signs that I recognized that were more prominent during my days when I was... Uh, when I was depressed, especially when I got out of the Navy, when I started with, when I totally withdrew into my isolation mode and um, I could perform and be um, some, when it came to being professional, I could perform, I could do everything. And then when it got to just me being on my own, when I got home, then I totally withdrew. And when I started seeing those signs and I said, yeah, you know, um, it's you can recognize the signs you i i knew it so i i said yeah it's time for me to just make that call and i made that call and i i got back into therapy and you know when i made the call some so i I told i told one or two friends and they were like um is it like some serious is it total meltdown you know everybody was like is it like the end of the world kind of i said it doesn't have to get to that stage but the moment you start recognizing something is wrong, you all, everyone is different, but we all start seeing the signs. And in your case, it was your sister who pointed it out. And in my case, I was lucky that I was able to, you know, look in the mirror myself. Sometimes someone has to step in and say, hey, you know, maybe yeah. it's time, or maybe, you know, and if you have a good support system, yeah, and... You know, maybe my wife had seen it and, you know, it could have worked that way for me too. But that's why it, it's good that whenever it's pointed out, we, we we take recognition of it and take action. That's so true. That's so true. Take recognition, you know, uh, and take action. And I usually was really good at seeing the signs. My signs when I feel like the depression wants to creep in is when... I start to get really sleepy throughout mm. the day and I just want to like sleep, yeah. which is rare 
so much energy and I'm always so hyper and I, I, I like to do so many things. Um, so when I start to get sleepy, that's a sign. When I want to lounge in pajamas, that's another sign. Because for me, I love to change as soon as I wake up into, you know, regular clothes. Um, when I let, you know, when I don't want to like be around light, that's another thing. That's mm -hmm. another sign for me because I love the sun. I love having my apartment so bright. Um, and so I'm usually really good at that, but yeah, like two months into the pandemic, like I was not able to recognize those signs. And, um, but I'm so grateful for, like you said, support system, my sister, she was able to mirror that back. And I used the resources at my hand, which was a crisis hotline. Um, and I have friends and I had friends that obviously checked in on me too, after I told them, but you know, I love that when I called this crisis hotline, again, they were trained professionals who were like, all right, let's, let's get this going, you know, let's get this yep. train back on the road. And probably about maybe a month ago, I noticed a couple of signs again, but the great thing is that, oh, I nipped it in the bud. Exactly. As Soon as I was like, you know what, I'm going to just take a nap today. And I knew I had so many things to do on the in the day. I was like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. This is okay. Take a five minute nap and then, and then you're up, you know, because yeah. I know my signs, you know, I wanted to take multiple naps throughout the day. And I'm like, nope, we're not doing this. And I forced myself out of the house, gave myself a walk. Um, and just moved my body and that helped. And I did not, and I did not fall back into it. I was literally- uh, uh, Well, one good thing I'd like to point out is, um, I, I think your sister also benefits from having you do your mindful um, mindfulness coaching because uh, without you showing and teaching the, the, the mental health, um, the, the advocacy, aspect mm -hmm. of it she wouldn't have known how to already start pointing out hey you know maybe something yeah. because that, that also shows the effective effectiveness of what you, you're doing because she was oh. able to intervene in the right way so i just wanted to point that out too for, for, oh, for listeners. I never even thought <laughs> well yeah Hey, that that yeah, that shows. Hey, you know, I'm I'm one of the people who enjoys what you do and are listening, and it, it's something that everyone benefits from. So, um, so shout out to your sister and shout out to you also because it's 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 not easy, and we appreciate what you do. You're amazing. Thank you. I appreciate what you do. Hey, thank, thank you. you. So, um, during this time, uh, did you uh because you you say you like you love going out and um. You know, and I know your 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 family originally is from uh, Guadalajara. So you practice how to say it. Yeah, yeah, I, good. I, I I got it right this time. <laughs> so, um, have you tried visiting over there? Um, you know, since we last spoke. Um, I have not, but I want to. I I've been dying to go to Mexico. Um, so hopefully that's in the future. Hopefully, hopefully. By, for Christmas, I would really like to see everyone. Okay, and how they're doing you know, over there? But you're still in touch with people there. Yeah, they're doing okay. You know, it's. Uh, I don't know if if it's as up 
optimistic or if they're just getting the right info over uh -huh. there or, you know, whatever's going on, but it's, it's okay. I feel like people here are a lot more, um, I guess, yeah, optimistic about it here. But. All right. And staying on optimistic, well, I don't know if we'll consider this optimistic, but um, there was one word that I've taken from our last conversation and I've now in a way um, customized it to any time we have a conversation and yeah. now how have you kept the coyotes <laughs> at bay you know during the pandemic <laughs> the coyotes? yeah <laughs> you mean the guys the well, that I guess you 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 define it. You you will allow you to define it any way you want to define it. <laughs> and for anyone who's listening and wondering what 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 are they what are they talking about? Well, um, you might have to go listen to episode one and then make make up your mind on what's a coyote. Yo! Oh my god! I love you, Ray. You're so funny. <laughs> with a solution to you know we, we have to we have to do some do we organize a reality show or do we um 
um, reality show set in Paris because Paris played a role <laughs> the first time. So maybe we have to go back to Paris and reclaim <clears throat> this this whole scenario and you know rec reclaim the narrative and blah right. <laughs> Co uh, Coyote Central. Oh, Coyote Central. I don't know. That would that be a good title? Uh, um, how to fix a coyote or how to pick a coyote. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Oh my God. No, it's so funny. <laughs> I, Rafi, I started to be like, okay, so what is it about me? What do I do? Clearly, I have to have a problem too. Like, what is my thing? And after really sitting with it, I realized that I'm not emotionally available in a romantic relationship. Like, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm so busy with my with my career with my work and like building i i don't i don't have the emotional availability to have the patience that it takes to have a romantic relationship right now and the energy that it takes mm -hmm. so i feel like that's why i would kind of rush in and have these expectations at the beginning and just be like all right cool cool like mm. you know let's let's do this so i don't have to like spend all this time having to cultivate this why don't we just cultivate this now but you see in me doing that i was going after other men who were emotionally unavailable and yeah. so it's just like a match you know and it's, so it's a, he's cre a creation of friction exactly exactly and he's actually a great guy um the guy who i was dating for two months he's a he's a wonderful guy so <clears throat> Um, we're so friends and I am actually so happy about it. I'm like, well, I, it actually felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders yeah. when we broke up. I was like, oh, okay, well, good. I don't have to like spend energy on this now. We're cool that we're friends. All right, dope. I think we'd be so much better as friends. And he's, he's actually a great guy. But I, I see it as um, one of the things that comes with being um, when you attain the real adulthood, it, it comes with the territory. And when I look back on my past relationships, you know, the, the person who I came closest to getting married to, uh, then I was like, you know, yeah, then I found the one, this is it, let's get married. And, you know, at one point, it's like, she realized uh, this guy was on a different timetable, different plane, and but he didn't have the right, uh, yeah, he... He wasn't really listening, and whatever picture he had in his mind was just in his mind. It wasn't like I was listening. I, I included the picture, the picture that she had. So, whatever emotional um, energy that I was investing wasn't really. I was, there was not really emotional investment that I had. Right in the relationship then. But I had a picture in mind. This is how I was going to work, everything, blah, 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 bang, bang, bang. And now that I look back, I still consider that one of the best things to ever happen to me. And yeah. she's, she's a woman that I can publicly say that I love, except when the now she's married to someone else. And I I can, uh, yeah, but due to the way the system, society works, you know, the, the the guy wouldn't he might think that I'm coming after her if I say that around no. so yeah but no, no. it's not but that's why I won't say her name but 
when we we, we 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 are good friends now. At, at first, when when the eventual broke break uh breakup happened, you know, it was like uh she she broke my heart kind of thing. I was like, oh God, yeah. you evil kind. Of, yeah, I did all that. But with time, I started realizing that if I were in her shoes, there's no way I would have signed up to marry the person who I was back then. There's no way. So it was the best thing that she did was push me away. And when I came to that realization, then I could understand why, even though she pushed me away, we were still... She, she still always said, I was concerned for you. We should be friends and kind of thing. And I was like, why you want to be friends? You evil. You you, true. You came and broke my heart kind of thing. That's I was just throwing darts at her. Like, yeah, you you evil heifer kind of thing. But, you know, and down the line, when I start, started looking back and I started looking, I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it made sense. Now, you know, I see Facebook memories. I see... Even sometimes I wrote some nonsense on my status and she'll make comments. And I wouldn't even, I don't think I even saw the comments that she was making, but I would agree with everything that was totally the opposite of what she stood for. And I was like, yeah. But every other person's comments that was the opposite of what she stood for, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, where was my mind then? You know, I just, it didn't occur to me, like, where was my mind then? And this person was going to be like, oh, this is God, I, yeah, I, I would get married to and everything. And I, I, was, I saw it recently, I was like, wow, you know, yeah, yeah, that, that, made, that made sense. That made sense. That's, there's no way, <laughs> that if, I was this, if I was that woman, there's no way I was going to get, agree to get married to this guy. It was, it was just obvious. So, I, I, yeah, so. Um, yeah, with, with time, you know, one day, uh, I think it was her, her birthday and I, I wished her happy birthday and I gave her a call when you know, she was like, oh, wow, I, didn't, yeah, I, I thought you hated me. You never ever call me. This was like <laughs> out of the blue. I was like, I don't know. I was just feeling good. And I, this is your birthday. You deserve a phone call, you know, and if I were around, I would have sent you a gift and you know, and I, we had a great conversation. And after that, I always called her once in a while and. When I had the kids, she she called and you know she wished me well and you know yeah. I wished her well for her marriage and everything and but we, we have a great friendship and there are people who just don't believe that oh because I never got married to her it's like you know that should be it you know and I have some of my family members who when we broke up they were like oh yeah that I knew she wasn't a good woman that's why you deserve someone better I'm like yeah none of you ever mentioned that you weren't the good person in this you weren't the guy who was you know everybody it was just her fault but nah it, right. it wasn't her fault i was the the one who was the problem you know but that takes so much self-awareness and growth for you to like have that internal realization for anybody to have that realization of you know what Maybe I'm the problem. It took me time to come to that conclusion and realize that, yeah, this, uh, this and is... And that really is amazing. It shows, like, your, your level of self-awareness, you know, and how important it is to cultivate that. I, I started to realize that, too. Again, I'm like, all right, so, Brenda, this is a pattern, and it takes two to tango. So... 
what are you doing, Brenda? What is going on? What are we doing, Mama? And I always talk to him. I always call myself Mama. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing to keep this pattern going? And I and I sat with myself, and that's when I realized, oh, I'm emotionally unavailable. That's a thing. It's not just the guys. It's not. Yeah. And I joke. I joke. It's in my comedy that oh, I just I like um, emotionally unavailable men, physically unavailable men. Like I'm attracted to to uh, the you know to gay men because that's just like what I what I'm attracted to. But as a joke of saying that I like emotionally unavailable guys, but no, in reality now I realize oh, it's me too. So yep. you know, and I can't ex- I can't put that pressure on my partner to fulfill the needs that I need to fulfill within myself. That's the key you point know? there. That's it. Like I do love me. I need to give myself the love, the hugs, the attention, the nurturing, the caring, the I need to take myself out on dates too. I need to um literally like nurture the hell out of myself and not when when I get into a relationship not ex the other person to fulfill those needs for me instead you know welcome it as a bonus but not expect for them to fulfill them for me and um that that was my own level of self-awareness too after this happened and again he's a, he's actually a wonderful guy and he's helping me right now with a few things uh on my with my business and um i couldn't be more grateful for him And I really was, and I even told him, I said, you know, I truly believe that everyone we meet in this lifetime is here to help us grow and evolve, you know, if we adopt the growth mindset, of course. And, um, and sometimes I think our paths crossed, I said, not for us to be romantically involved, but for us to help each other in, in other areas of our life. Like oh. I think helping me with, with my business. And so he's helping me right now with like a bunch of admin paperwork. And um, I and introduced him to- That's huge. That's huge. That is so huge. He's, he's so sweet. And um, I'm helping him with mindfulness and meditation. So, you know, I feel like we were, we were, cro- we crossed paths to help each other and in other areas. And again, he's a great guy. So I'm actually really happy and excited to have him as a friend. That's beautiful. And I, I believe everyone can benefit from knowing that um, it's not just reserved for people in Hollywood no. that when you break <laughs> up, you can still have a friendship. Uh, yeah. I've, I've seen it happen in real life. Uh, there was a gentleman who I helped. Uh, he, he used to work with me um, in the warehouse where I used to work at my first duty station. And he... Um, he was a, a retired um, Air Force personnel back when I was still in the Navy. And one day he asked me and another fellow shipmate if we could help him. Um, we, could, we could give him one of our weekends. He had to go help his ex-wife. Um, she was moving to a, a different town in Virginia. I think she was moving from Virginia Beach to um, Charlottesville. And we were like, wait, help your ex-wife? It was like, yes, uh, she's moving. She, she she just got a job there. You know, she's the mother of... Uh, uh, I don't even think they had a kid together. Did they have a kid together? I can't I can't recall. But uh, we're like, sure. Well, um, if you'll be there, I hope it's... Uh, he's like, oh, she, she's great. She's great. So we went there and uh, ended up in Hakka. 
Um, and he, his wife, actually, his wife was there too. His wife uh -huh. came to help. So that's when I knew how uh, cool the relationship was. And he, he was probably in his 50s, if he was too young, 50s, thereabout. Yeah. And I saw the way the women were conversing. They were like friends. And I was like, wow, this, is, this, this was beautiful. This was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, everything was just, it was flowing. It was just natural. There was no forced yeah. conversation like, hey, hey, like, and I, I was like, wow, this, I, was, I wasn't used to seeing something like this. And I, I just enjoyed it. So I, I was right. like, wow, how, how did you manage that? He's like, oh, you know, we, we, we divorced. It wasn't, the marriage wasn't meant to be, you know, and, but we, we stayed friends and um, there's no, my, my, my wife wasn't the reason, well, my wife is not her enemy. She figured that out and. So I was like, wow. He was like, uh, do you mind driving with her in her car? I said, well, I, it's the first time I'm meeting her. But I said, okay. And we were able to have a conversation. And, and we, we had a good chat all the way to Charlottesville and then coming back. Uh, and I, 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 it just stayed with me for the rest of my life. Like, wow. So, you know, <laughs> you can just, you know, some because almost everybody admits, like, the, oh, they divorced, the new wife, they moved on. The new wife hits the ex-wife and it's like that enmity is just there and i'm like right. why? Why, why, why and you know it just it was beautiful to see something like that happen right. and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that people do not hurt from a, a relation all relationships are, are the same i understand right. different dynamic dynamics in relationships but seeing something that was like that that was smooth it was just a beauty to see and I, that had that sowed a seed that I wouldn't even realize that, mm -hmm. you know, down the line that I was like, okay, yeah, you know, life shouldn't be the way I'd always pictured it to be. Like it could change, you know, and right? Yeah, it so, gives you hope. Yeah. It gives you hope is such a thing as being civil and happy and having a progressive relationship, even though the romantic aspect of it is no longer there. You yeah, know? I think there's so much focus on romantic being everything without understanding right. that relationships is not limited to just romance, romance only. Relationships can be bigger than romance. That's why mm -hmm. it's like people, some people look at, oh, a man and a woman can be friends. Uh, yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot more to a man and a woman being friends. Men and women can be friends. Same, you have same-sex couples, so <laughs> why is there so much um, surprise that uh, a man and woman are friends when mm -hmm. they are same-sex couples? So yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal. But um, yeah, let's uh, jump into one topic that we didn't really touch on from your first appearance. Uh, yeah. And you've brought one person already from that into, um, you've mentioned one person you are, we didn't really talk much about your family, and you're mm -hmm. the you're the big sister of your family. I am. Mm -hmm. So how does um, you being a mental health advocate, a comedian, how do you blend all that with your big sister role in the family and being in in a Mexican uh, a family of Mexican heritage? You know, I, yeah. I know that there's a lot of. Um, how will I put it? There's a lot that goes into being the big sister in um, the Mexican families. And did that, is, is that the way you get a lot of your comedic 
um, backbone from? Or your, your, yeah. your, your, com your comedic juice? Is that is that where you get all the juice, the, the juicing up? Is that where you get it from? Yes, yes. Oh my God, I love that you asked that and that you mentioned that because it's so true. Mexican, man, Mexican families are savages. Like we, we used to have this game growing up. This yeah. is a game. This is awful where if we, let's, okay. So I was in a car, right, with my family. And all of a sudden, because I love donuts, we'd pass a donut shop and they'd be like, hey, <clears throat> Sarai, because my family calls me Sarai. Sarai, do you want a donut? And I'm like, yeah. And they'll be like, well, then buy one. Ba ha 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 ha. And then, <laughs> okay, that's, that's most definitely a comedian they're creating. <laughs> <laughs> and I would sit there and I would just be like, oh, and I'd get sad. And all of a sudden, as soon as I got sad, they'd be like, oh, she wants to cry. She wants to cry. Oh, my God. <laughs> They would all start clapping and chanting and going, cry, cry, cry. And I'm like 14 years old. And I'm like, oh, I'm like crying. And my little brothers and sister and like everyone in the car would start clapping and cheering once I started to cry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was expecting your younger ones to be like, oh, no, we're, we're, we're taking your side. <laughs> no. no. Uh, but uh. we did that with everyone. Like all of a sudden, my sister wanted something. You know, we'd pass by her favorite restaurant too. Yeah. And we're like, "Hey, want chicken nuggets?" Yeah. And then, dude, everyone would be like, "We're gonna go get chicken nuggets." And she's like, "Okay." And then we'd be like, "No, we're not. Just kidding." <laughs> <laughs> it was <Ooh>. awful. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, so yes uh, a lot of drama made me very comedic um but yeah as an older sister uh how do i how am i able to blend all of that too uh being a mental health advocate and, and comedy and all that stuff well i have a mental health comedy podcast called getting mental with brenda sarai zuniga and it's on spotify youtube apple podcasts and on that um on my podcast, I I talk a lot about the importance of, you know, uh, self-care and mindfulness. And I bring it up in a really fun and relatable way. You know, I talk a lot about my love life and I joke about my love life all the time. Yeah. And in doing that, again, I introduce like mindfulness practice tools uh, that I am able to do and that have helped me tremendously that continue to help me tremendously. So it's, it's a way for me to, again, bring mental health education in a fun and relatable way without it being so serious, you know, and hammering it down and, mm -hmm. and give all these like alarming facts and statistics, you know, like, uh, with such a heavy tone, you know what I'm saying? Oh, making it uh, sound just boring. Cause I, yeah. like I've, I've been to, um, I've been to a lot of, <laughs> lots of, um, seminars 
while in the military and it, it, it just sounded like the person was just reading off the PowerPoint and saying this is mindfulness and, you know, take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like next click, next click. And everybody's just like, okay, how long, how long is this again? Like, okay, we got 20 more minutes. Exactly. And all right, we can't, we can't wait to get out of here. And it's okay, yeah, yeah we, we're done. Yep, all right. See you next year. That's it. Yep. And we're done for the year. Kind of thing, yeah. <clears throat> That's how are we going to ever impact, you know, our generation or impact the generations to come if we keep delivering mental health education in that way, mm-hmm. you know? So I decided to use all of my different talents of uh, music because I'm a singer as well. I play piano um, and I dance. And so I decided to blend music, comedy, mindfulness, mental health all in one, in one little box and then just, you know put it out there and it's it's so fulfilling for me i love it i'm in a state of flow every time i do it i feel like it was what i was born to do um i love i love giving keynote spe- uh, speeches you know that's another passion of mine yep but but yeah i'm, I'm so happy it's out there because as an older sister i take my responsibility as the one that my siblings look up to very seriously you know so do you have any plans to have any of your siblings on your podcast um not yet <clears throat> not yet <laughs> hey are they gonna roast you <laughs> oh yeah oh my sister is a savage she is 13 years old and oh my gosh i remember when i was on i think my second date with the guy i was just previously dating my sister was texting me and I told him, oh, look, it's my sister. She's she's wanting to FaceTime, but I'm going to tell her I'm on a date. And so when I was texting her that, she goes, oh, he better know what he's getting himself into. I was like, <laughs> what did you just say? And I showed him the text yeah. and she goes, she goes, don't mess this up. Good luck. Oh awful. my goodness! <laughs> uh, it reminds me of my nieces. Um, when, back when I was in Nigeria and I was, um, yeah, I was a teenager. And it actually messed up a friend's date. I don't know if I, I don't think I told you this story. Um, a, a friend, he, my my family wasn't like we were middle class. Yeah, about middle class, but. Not really middle. We were just about middle class, and we were like maybe sneak, almost sneaking into middle class as at that time, closer to 1999. And so you know, a friend of mine, you know, the boys took care of the boys, and my boy was like, "Hey, can I get? Can you borrow me a shirt?" He had a, 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 a date, and I gave him one of my shirts. Now, mm-hmm. apparently, my nieces, uh, they were around the age of um, how old? 10, no, uh, 12 and 10, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these girls do it. If whenever I'm not in the house, they go into my room and mark all my clothes, but they knew all my clothes. Yeah. They knew everything. Yeah. So unfortunately for my boy, he made the mistake of walking past our house with his date. And my nieces happened to be playing outside. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my God. and 
he's wearing my shirt and they see him and they know him as my friend. So why are you wearing my uncle's shirt? <gasps> Stop. And he's like, hey, hey, girls, how y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> now the voice is changing from being confident around his date and... Why are you oh. wearing my uncle's shirt? Did you tell him before he took that shirt? <gasps> oh, uh, my God. How like, embarrassing. He's like, oh uh, um, um, hey, 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 yeah, 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 you just say hi. Hey, yeah, yeah, talk too much. Right? <laughs> just go, 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 play. Hey, take some money and go buy candy. We don't want, we don't want your money. Why you give us, a, give us our uncle's shirt? He's like, what? Give us our uncle's shirt. And... Yeah, that that dude. After the date, he, he came back and he, he took the shirt off. He he actually went home in his in his wife beaters. He's like, you know what? Take your shirt, bro. Yeah, I, I I don't want to see your nieces anymore. I don't. Your nieces don't play. They don't. They they, they 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 know your property anywhere. Nobody can wear it in this city. I was like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, they saw me and they messed up my date. I've been trying to get this girl for how many months? Finally <laughs> <laughs> got. <laughs> <laughs> they messed it up. It's over. I, I feel like moving out of this state. <laughs> he was, he was so embarrassed. I, I was like, what, what, what? And I go talk to them, and they're like, they're, they're like, they're so proud. They're like, yeah, we saw your shirt. He was wearing your shirt. Did he, did he, did he take permission from you? Did he talk to you? Did he steal your shirt? Oh. We're even sure. We, you know, we want to know. I was like, what? Why can't I come talk to you guys before any of my friends puts on my clothes? I have to take permission from you guys now. They're like, well, oh. we, 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 don't, we didn't know. We, we, we were just looking out. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm, ah. poor, the poor dude. I think that dude was scarred for life. <laughs> I'm scarred now after hearing that story. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Hilarious nightmare oh uh, yeah it was yeah I, I, yeah I, I was like wow that's uh yeah I, I think i think after that day i stopped underestimating those girls i was like wow that, that's <laughs> the, yeah that, that. When I told my sister when i told her i was like so i have some news she's like yeah i'm like so me and so and so are over uh i just wanted to let you know because he he again we did it for like two months and uh i would tell her about him and stuff like that and uh and so I was like, yeah, so we're over. She just looks at me and goes, you know, middle school relationships last longer than yours. I was like, oh, how dare you say that to me? Oh, oh man. How dare oh, you? Them kids. And she's I'm not, I'm not shocked. She's like, no. I'm not, and just so dead face. She's like, mm -hmm. I Yep. Talk me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no. Oh, I'm like, you know what? I'm just like, you know what? Yep, yep. There you go. Just yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. I'll take the L. I'll just take the L and just walk away. <laughs> don't 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 bother trying to make no no comeback. Just there's no comeback. Just walk away. Walk there is away. No don't even try. Don't try. Don't try. I'm like, hey, out, out. No, no, no. You just you're just digging a deeper hole. You know, just walk away. Walk away. Take it. Take it, take it in, with honor. Take it with honor. No, with honor. And yeah. I told her, I'm like, you know what? He's a great guy. She goes, I'm sure he is. She goes, it's not him. It's you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I got to love them. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
Oh, love kids. Oh, oh man. great memories. Right? Oh. Great memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, um, uh, let, let, let's stay with schools. Yeah. So, um, um, at, at the schools in LA, they're not open, right? They're, they're not returning back to classes. No. So they're, they're, no. they're staying on, on um, virtual, the virtual learning. So um, mm-hmm. can you advocate, your continue your adv- school advocacy <laughs> virtually or will that have to wait till next year? Yeah. So I'm doing keynote speeches uh, virtually for schools. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how, how how does that um how does that work in comparison to how, how do you feel about that in comparison to when you had to go to the schools in person do, do you, which do you prefer <clears throat> um, how you know how how do you um how do you see both experiences Great question um so as a raging extrovert yeah uh, I personally would always love to be in person at the school connecting with everyone um, feeling the energy, giving my energy, you know, and, and it's just like this beautiful symbiotic relationship um, and bond that I would form with all these students and other corporate events or, you know, the people at corporate events. It's just, it's, it was so uh, beautiful, right? Uh-huh. So, of course, I would love to have continued to do that. But as vir- virtually, <clears throat> it's also beautiful in a different way. I'm now able to like taken one-on-one, like the one-on-ones, you know, when I do the Zoom, I'm yeah. able to see the person and just like only focus on what they're asking, let's okay. say. So it for me, that creates a, a really nice one-on-one with them too, while I have the rest of the audience there, but I'm not really seeing them. Whereas when I'm at schools or other places in person, you know, I have all the students in front of me and then one on, all the way in the back yeah. is asking a question. And okay. I'm like, what's your name? Okay, what was your question? Can you say it again? Okay. And then I'd have to like kind of talk to the audience and then look back at the kid. And, you know, it was as great as that is also, again, on Zoom, it's, I feel oh, like. I get it now. Yeah. That one-on-one, you know, that um, where I can just see that kid or that person who's asking the question so much more uh, closer and without having to address a large crowd so they can feel like I'm really addressing yeah, yeah, their... Yeah, talking to them directly. Their, yeah, so there's there's pros and cons to both, but definitely as a raging extrovert, I love presenting in person. I never thought about it that way, but it makes sense with, you know, with the names also on the screen. It also <laughs> makes it easier to identify the person directly instead of yeah. always asking, well, what, what's his name again? What's your name again? You know, because I mean, that that's something that exactly. also, um, yeah, I've, it makes it easier for me to remember a person's name too. Yeah, and yeah. what I have found too is that through my Zoom keynotes is uh, surprisingly there the audiences are a lot more open to being vulnerable and to asking questions. Oh. You know, um, whereas sometimes when I would do it in person, because there was that pressure of the entire crowd there, all the all the entire audience. Sometimes, you know, people would get iffy on asking questions, or they'd be really shy about it, or you know, they would be nervous. And I have found that through Zoom, they're a lot more open and 
and wanting to ask questions. Maybe, why, why, why is that? Maybe I'm assuming that it's because of, you know, there's no pressure of anybody being next to you, you know, oh. but like being judged by, let's say, the person to your right or yeah. left or, um, you know, you it's, being it's at home. The comfort yeah, of it, your home also could help, too. Exactly. Oh. So which is a beautiful thing, because I love it. I absolutely love it. I mean, the fact that I'm even able to do this is, again, so fulfilling for me. And it just brings the biggest smile on my face when I get to interact with anybody, be it virtually or in person. Or, uh, you know. Yeah. So staying with the keynote speaking, mm -hmm. if a young woman, you know, young girls want to get involved in that line of work, you know, doesn't mean doesn't have to be just on the mindfulness uh, advocacy. You know, it could be maybe the, the communications expert. It could be something else, but it involves being a keynote speaker, being in, in front of people, talking to people, addressing people. Um, what advice would you give to them on how to get started? Ooh, <clears throat> I would say what sets your soul on fire first of all what's something that you're incredibly passionate about now that thing and imagine yourself doing it for free can you imagine yourself doing it for free it's like okay if the answer is yes is okay does it come naturally to you is it something that it just flows out of you yes cool so then let's make that your purpose and let's make that your career. But that's when you will have the most impact because that's how you will be able to connect and bond with people. Because I believe that anybody can get up there and recite things and, you know, get a clicker and change the slides and get, you know, just deliver a message. Sure. Like anybody can do that. We see it all the time, yes. but in order for, in order for somebody to make change, create change, bond, inspire, empower others, motivate others, it has to come from the heart. It has to come from a place of this is what fuels me. This is what I love. And you can tell, you can sense that when you're, when you're seeing a keynote speaker, a good keynote speaker. You know, uh, you can tell that they have this passion inside them. And I recently did a, a, um, a pro bono, a free keynote speech recently for, for women um, who are also minorities and who are part of the special program at a college for um, uh, like wanting to advance themselves in like career wise and education, but coming from a low income socioeconomic economic status. And so I didn't even charge them at all. I was like, no, 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 let me do this because I know that I'm speaking to myself when I speak to these women, you know, as I, I mentioned in our first podcast, I was smuggled country when I was one year old, I was raised by teenage parents. Um, you know, I, 
I went to 11 different schools. I lived in 15 different homes. I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD until I was 25. I was undocumented most of my life. I became a citizen when I was 25 uh, years old and, or 26, 26, I think. But the fact that I come from, you know, undocumented immigrant raised by teenage parents to CEO of her company, you know, and I did that by showing resilience, grit, and being kind in the process and just going after my passions. I wanted to inspire these women and go, hey, I'm no different than you guys. You know, I come from where you you guys are coming from. That was my background. You know, don't give up. Keep going. Find what sets your soul on your your soul on fire and chase that. Go after that. But find something that you're passionate about. And I think that's key with anything, really. But if if for you know for girls who want to get into the keynote speaking, just find something that you're very passionate about and that you will do, you know, you can imagine yourself doing it even if you're not getting paid. And the reason why I say that is because there's so much work that goes into it. It's, it's not just like, okay, I'm going to write something and then I'm going to talk about it in front of audiences. Yeah. To be an effective keynote speaker is so much more than that. And it's, it's, it's so much work. And the reason why it, I can do it all day long is again, because it's my passion. It's my purpose. Oh. It, it's the thing that gets me out of bed. It's like, yes, I'm excited for this. And, and that's key with, with anything that you're trying to, to do in this life. Right. Yeah. So what was your first, um, keynote speech that you had to make and how did you get that um i was well i'm gonna take it back to nami last year no i want to say 2000 no it's gonna be 2018 so i'm trying to see which one i actually felt like it was uh it was a good, good keynote. I would say, you know what, 2000 and screw the year. <laughs> Don't mind me. Um, it was when I presented at, uh, I spoke in Ontario and I had to curate my own speech of ADHD. And I was so nervous because it was the first time I was really starting to talk about ADHD. And I remember getting up there and I kind of forgot everything that I would, that I worked on and, and wrote down. And I was like, Oh my gosh, now I'm having all these kids look at me and I don't know where to begin. So I remember just, I just told myself in that moment, you know what? You got this. You love doing this. This is your passion. You never shut up. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just do it. And so all of a sudden, when I got into that mindset of, oh, this is my passion. Oh, this is what I love doing. Everything just flowed. And I began to talk about, you know, how I got, how it came about that I got diagnosed with ADHD, my whole experience with it growing up, how, you know, I, I see a therapist and I have a doctor and I, and we go back and forth on medicine and how I, 
it just, it changed my life. And so seeing these kids, like, like seeing their faces as I was telling this keynote, I just, it just fueled me even more for my, and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like so, you know, and I had a lot of kids come up to me afterwards and ask me questions. And I, and in that moment I was like, what? Like they're asking me, like, this is, oh my gosh, like this is, I did not expect this. I didn't even read off the freaking script. (laughs) And that's when you realize you made an impact. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have to keep pursuing this because this is what makes me feel alive. That's good. Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump away from keynote speaking mindfulness in a way it's still part of mindfulness but in a in a different in a different sort of uh well yeah yeah it's part of mindfulness i would say but not in the way some will think of mm-hmm. so i don't think we touched on this topic the last time but it's a very important topic that everybody has to address when you come on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So you've been to a few places, you know, and you've had fun experiences here and there. When it comes to food, where <laughs> does your heart belong to? Uh, New York. Mm. Wow. New York. I did not... Yeah. See that coming. <laughs> She's East Coast when it comes to food. Wow. Guys, I, love I knew we loved I knew we loved you for a reason. You're <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That's 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 good. That's good. All right. So oh. West Coast about to trade you all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like um when is when does that flight leave tonight? Yeah, put on last <laughs> put on that put on the next flight. Next flight out of LA. Get out. Can't can't have you here. Send you straight to New York. <laughs> like, yes, thank you. Let me go get those bagels, that pizza, that oh my god. Those bacon, eggs, and cheeses. Give them to me. Wow. Yeah. You you New York just like that. Just that. Give them to me. Wow. I want that. Mm, so good. My have, favorite, one of my favorite restaurants is in New York. Sorry? One of my favorite restaurants is in New York. Oh, which one? It's called BLT Steak. Oh, I've heard that name. Yeah. Have I, have I eaten there before? I've eaten too many places. So I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have my Sarah, particular places for setting foods, but, you know. Serafina is also really good. I love Serafina. Oh, I only remember the musical. Is it, no, it wasn't a musical, the movie. Yeah. In the movie, yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's an old movie, Whoopi Goldberg, South, South African yeah. um, movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's no way I can get to the end of this episode without jumping into the next topic. When it comes to music, yes. You, know, <laughs> you play music. You sing. I, I do. But. <laughs> you have to betray 
somebody or somewhere or someone. <laughs> so when it comes to music, where does your heart belong to? Your favorite? My favorite, my favorite what? Music. My favorite, favorite music. Oh man. Um, <clears throat> Um, the one that you I can't, would, if we have to go throw you away on an uh, isolated island, what's that song, yeah. the, 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 uh, the music genre that you have to like, okay, this is it. Just leave me with this. Leave me I with would, this song that I have to take with me and then you, all, you, you can leave me, you can dump me here and that's it. I don't care about anything else anymore. Oh man, I would say rock. My roots are in rock. My roots are in, in rock and roll and classic rock. Like that's like the Doors. Oh my god! I mean, right behind. I mean, right in front of me is a the Doors poster. Um, Led Zeppelin, um, uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, you oh can't go gosh. past three. You can't go past three. So those are your top oh, three. So the Doors. Okay. So if I were to be stuck in an island with yeah. Artists, let's say that I would be stuck with everyone from the doors. We would bring Jim Morrison back from the dead. I would marry him. I would oh, have all his. That's serious. I will have twenty babies. Oh wow! With Jim Morrison. Okay. Uh, I met someone wanted eleven <laughs> babies yesterday, and he just beat that record. Now twenty. I don't know who I'll meet tomorrow. I'm gonna have to, have, I'm, 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 I'm have to lock myself in my bathroom now because I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then I would have um, Led Zeppelin there, and um, I would also have babies with Robert Plant. Oh my goodness! How many babies are these now? Are we starting a new planet or what? <laughs> <laughs> planet of Brenda babies. <laughs> I thought I thought we were talking. We only talked about an island, not a planet. Maybe that'll be your, your comedy stand-up. Maybe that'll be your, your, your stand-up special. Maybe that'll be... Yes, the planet of Brenda Baby. <laughs> 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 oh, my God, I'm dying. Um, okay, one last artist I would bring. Um, or, uh, um, I don't... I don't, oh my God, Billy Joel, of course. Mm. Who am I kidding? Billy Joel. I would also have 20 babies with oh Billy goodness. Joel. But, but <laughs> I have like 2,000 babies right now. Jeez. <laughs> 2, 000, at this point, we're just moving you to Mars. Just, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, what's that dude's name? Elon Musk should be done by then with Mars. Really, with, you know, Mars should be ready. We're just like, all right, we, we, we got, we got the, fam the person who's starting it. Yeah, let, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Put on the Tesla and ship it to to, to Mars. Uh, Bang. With with two thousand babies right there. We'll, we'll be yes. shipping we'll be shipping milk every day from Earth. There you go. <laughs> oh my god, we would have our own com commune. Like we'd have our own like country that we're starting. Hey, uh, if you if you need a flag design, let me know. I, I'll, I'll I'll send you a flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, so um yeah so to wrap it up um what's your the, the final question i hit you with is what's the word 
of advice, uh, you know, the word you like to leave the audience with, you know, maybe a word to go for, you know, it could be a word from your favorite song or a quote or anything from a book you've read or something to leave us, you know, just for the times we are in. I would say don't wait for things to get better. Make things better by changing your perspective. Let me deliver that more eloquently. <clears throat> Let oh, me... I, th I thought that was great. <laughs> oh, thank you. And the reason why I say that is because I feel that right now there are so many people who are waiting for COVID to be over so that they can live their life and they can be happy and things can go back to the way they were or, you know, they'd have some sort of uh, normalcy, you know. But in reality, the key to winning in this life is knowing how to pivot, knowing how to take life's challenges and difficulties and learning how to make the best out of everything in those situations, taking those challenges as opportunities for growth, opportunities to better yourself and others around you. And, you know, when people ask me, like, how are you doing? How are you coping with COVID? Like, how are you feeling? And to be honest with you, I'm like, oh, I'm really happy. I'm very happy. Sure. Do I have my moments because I'm human of like, oh, my God. Like, this is, this is crazy. Because it is crazy. We're going through a pandemic. Yeah. But internally, I am a happy human being because I'm not, I'm very much living in this moment. I'm very much uh, present in what's around me right now. Because there's just, if I wait, wait, quote, quote, to see you know, things get quote, quote, better for me to live my life, I'm going to be wasting this precious time that I'm given right now, mm. because this is all we have. Yeah. And I, I remember reading a book. Um, it's called, <clears throat> um, what is it called? It's, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, the Untethered Soul. And in The Untethered Soul, I'll never forget this, and I want everyone to know this. It said, you know, when people are at their deathbeds, they often talk about what they wish they could have done, right? Let's say somebody has a diagnosis of whatever it may be, and the doctors go, you have like a week to live, right? Yeah. That person then starts to think, oh, man, like I could have done this or wanted to do this. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. So the narrator in the book goes, so now I'm going to ask you that question. If you had the the luck and the chance and the opportunity for the Grim Reaper to show up and ask you, I mean, and tell you, you have seven days to live. You will die in seven days. What would you do in those seven days? And, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, I wish I would do this. I would do that. I would do this, right? Well, why aren't you doing that right now? That's what the narrator asks. And it's like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, what's stopping you from doing that now? Because in reality, we don't have that luxury. We will never get that luxury of the Grim Reaper coming and going, hey, 
you have seven days to live. So like make the best out of it. No, in reality, I need to go to Walgreens after this. And in reality, I can get hit by a car on my way to Walgreens after this, you know, I, I can come back and get into an accident or I can, you know, it's really, it's, it's not meant to scare you. And that's what the narrator says too. the narrator yeah. goes, use death as a motivator, not as something to fear, but instead something that allows you to live your life to the fullest moment, to its fullest ability in this moment right now. Um, a previous guest said something that's a little bit similar, if I'm not mistaken, and he said, uh, do not postpone, stop postponing for the future that you've never seen. Uh, I'm trying to find a quote. Uh, mm -hmm. For the future that you've, you've never seen or you for the future that you don't have or for the future mm -hmm. that you're not going to use, something like, along those lines. But yeah, mm -hmm. so it because he, he made he said that because himself and his wife went on it uh, on a backpacking uh, trip around South America, and people were like, "Oh, it's not safe." This was a few years ago before this, um, they started having kids. But they 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 just said they were going to do it, not going. To, mm -hmm. They they left their jobs and they said they were. And people were like, "What? You're supposed to like you know." Uh, settled do the American dream, buy a house, do this, do that. And they said, "Why? We want to, want to do this. We don't know what the future brings, and you know, we want we now want to do it now." And they went, and it was the best experience they could ever have. And everybody's like, "Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish I could. I wish I did what you did. I wish I did." And they did it. They went out there and did it. And now everybody's like, "Wow." Mm -hmm. I wish I were you. And anytime they tell that story, everybody's like, I wish I would. And they said, so what's the point of postponing for the future that you're like, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next tomorrow. I'll do it in two years, 10 years. Let me first buy 10 cars before I do it. Let me do it. No, no. If you want to do it, just go do it. That's it. And right. whatever tomorrow brings, it will bring it. If it's not going to bring it, it's not going to bring it. And that that's another way of making that quote or saying that quote too. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. It's not. It's not. It's not. I mean, look at it. We're <laughs> pandemic. Who could have predicted this? No one. No you know, one. So but at the same time, you launched the podcast during the pandemic. <laughs> and Personally, that's how you, uh, it's been a blessing for me because I've had to, you know, uh, I've had the chance to hone in on everything that I was already working on. Um, so I know that I'm very lucky and very fortunate in that sense. But at the same time, I feel that I, I know that this is the time to do whatever it is that people want to do. Like yeah. use this, you know, don't, like you said, don't wait, don't postpone things. The time is now or never, you know, it's, this is all we have. This moment, this moment is all we have. That's right. So I can't thank you enough for blessing us with your presence again you know you're always welcome on the podcast anytime and um, hey let, let them know where to find you i know you've mentioned it already but give give them the full package of where to find brenda and how to do it again yes absolutely so you guys can check me out on my website brenda 
Uh, you guys can also check me out on my Instagram, same name, Brenda Sarai Zuniga. And um, on my, oh, on my podcast, Getting Mental with Brenda Sarai Zuniga. That's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, YouTube, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, The Works. And yeah, just check, check it all out. I hope you guys enjoy. And um, I look forward to connecting with everybody. All righty. And I'll be tagging all these posts to the show notes. And yeah, y'all will find it. And yeah, looking forward to more collabos down the line. So thank you yeah. all for the privilege of your company. And looking forward to seeing y'all next episode and next week and don't forget to give us five stars and keep the reviews coming in thank you thanks for listening to white label american if you enjoy the show we'll appreciate if you rate review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from if you have any questions comments or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at white label american thank you for your support